beep, 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 beep. Hello, internet. We interrupt your daily boredom for this very important podcast. This is Often Overlooked, a show where three IOI corporate tools talk about all the things our friends and coworkers don't want to hear us talk about anymore. We're talking about movies, books, comics, video games, and everything else. I am one of your hosts, Seth. I'm here with my two friends. I'm Jeffrey. And Alex. Now, I need you guys to roll perception to see if you can figure out what we're going to talk about today. <clears throat> Solid. Three. Three? I got a 18. Okay. Well, Alex, with your three, uh, you seem to be able to tell um, that we are speaking in words uh, <laughs> into, into robots uh, coming out of the table. Oh, no. It's mildly terrifying. Jeffrey, with your 18, you kind of deduce. Dice, I'm wearing a sweet shirt. We're talking about... Dungeons and Dragons. Perception yeah. for the win. <laughs> All right, guys. So before we move on, uh, what have you been up to this past week or so? Uh, well, we had Comic Con recently. That yes. was a so lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, a lot of a lot of really cool things. I really really dug your Rorschach. Thank you. I I loved every minute. Of it. Yeah, <laughs> good. Did good Rorschach cosplay is really hard to come by these days. It, it was it was intense. After a while, I had to take the mask off just because it was like mm, I'd like to see things right now. <laughs> it's kind of. <laughs> Actually, get a chance to experience Comic Con. Vision's overrated. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Vision, you know. whatever. It's whatever. I don't. It was awesome for me. I spent the entire time at author panels and talking to authors and getting writing advice and having them sign ten to twelve some odd books, which was which was great. Yeah, I loved it. It was my first uh, legitimate Comic Con experience and. Yeah, definitely going back every year. Going back every year. Hey, yo. Nice. Never not going back. It's amazing. I uh, I actually read, sorry, don't, don't mean to, to interrupt there. I actually read one of the coolest um, graphic novels ever this week. What's and that? It was one that I highly recommend. Um, it's called Invincible. Invincible. A lot of people probably have heard of it. It's from Image Comics, and I know I'm super late to the party, but I, I just picked it up. It's one of those you see it and you might like pass over it a couple times, but like reading it, it's just so good. Interesting. What's it about? So it's about this um, this individual that has superpowers. He comes to Earth and he starts a family. He's one of those like I'll be a protector. So he has a son that doesn't seem to have superpowers and he's kind of bummed out. And then he he finally gets them, and it's just cool to see because it's a very nonchalant like his wife doesn't have superpowers, and so it's this very like modern age family story about like the dad and the son have superpowers and there's like monsters always attacking but then he like rushes in and it's like oh yeah we're having chicken for dinner tonight and like oh what'd you do and so it's super funny and it's it's by robert kirkman who does the walking dead and a bunch of other things and it was just super cool so it was one of those like if you need a recommendation for something super cool i i highly recommend that one so that was something cool yeah i picked up uh one of the my few 
intentional comic purchases that I like actually sought out at Comic Con um, from the guy. The guys at Ash Av were awesome. The, the the guy was like, "I'm gonna, I'll go back to the store. I'll find the one you're looking for. I'll bring it back to you." And Dynamite did the prequel uh, comic for Red Rising, and it's called Sons of Aries. Um, super good. Nice. Yes, very very good. It's that's exciting. Yeah, right, you Seth, do anything uh, particularly cool? We walked away with uh, some some Del Rey posters. That was rad, dude. So okay, <laughs> here's a really good story. Uh, Comic Con's closing out Sunday evening. Um, we're looking at shirts, whatever. Alex, he's like, "Yeah, I'll be right back," and he kind of dips out, goes goes off in search of whatever he's gonna search for. 10 or 15 minutes later, he comes walking back up the aisle with this giant Republic of Thieves, like, like, like shitting grin on my face. Yeah, <laughs> like four foot Republic of Thieves book cover printed on like stiff foam core poster board stuff. And he just comes walking up, just all like nonchalant. We, we look at him and we're like, where, what? where did you get that? <laughs> I, what, how did, what happened? And he's like, oh, yeah, they're disassembling the Del Rey booth. And I just asked if they were going to throw those out. And they said, yeah, probably. So he asked if he could have one. I almost sprinted all the way across the rest of Comic-Con's vendor floor. Yeah, I didn't want to be an ass. It was like I, I walked up to them and I was like, guys, those things are awesome. I, I really dig the Republic of Thieves one. I would buy it from you if I knew where to, to get it. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're probably just going to toss it. So, hey, Susie, is it cool if we give this guy? <laughs> and like, please, I will take that. And I was like, thank you. Please. <laughs> yeah. So he comes rocking up, and I sprint over there, and they're just like, they're pulling them all out. I walk over, I'm like, hey, uh, are you guys going to toss these? Or, or like, what, what's going on with these? And, I was, and the lady's just like, you know what, just take whatever you want. And they're all just like stacked up there. So I like start leafing through these giant, like four foot tall posters. Uh, and I pulled out a... Uh, core Peter V. Brett which was awesome I pulled out um, the 40th anniversary Star Wars novel it's like a compendium of, it's of like stories an anthology right yeah, yeah anthology thank you um, pulled out another book called Age of Heroes that I'm I'm really getting into it's, it's actually really good um, and then also the Force Awakens novelization poster yeah. so I now have a four foot tall Star Wars: The Force Awakens poster, super cool. It's awesome, <laughs> and they're just tossing. So I was about to say, yeah, we saw you guys after that. Yeah, like after Comic Con, my wife and I didn't go to the the very last day, so we were meeting up with you guys afterwards, and we went to your car, and you just pulled out these boss, like super huge <laughs> like posters of oh, Star Wars. Bro. It was so cool. I'd say Del Rey is probably like my favorite booth at yeah, Comic Con. They really, just, that's how I walked out with yeah. ten or twelve books. I mean, I ended up buying some from a, a couple different. Um, authors and getting them signed but a majority of the ones I walked away with were the samplers that they kept giving out and then just like free books it was yeah. fantastic that was two years ago That so my favorite author Naomi Novik she was there at that and that it's Del Rey books and they're always so cool over there and so I hung out over there talked to her a bunch and yeah they, they gave me just like a bunch of stuff yeah, like I had so cool, many man. like signed copies of her books that I gave out to people so pro so, tip so if cool. you are uh, Going to Comic Con, make sure you go to the Delray booth at yes. least like definitely four or five times. If you know, if yeah, definitely. <laughs> not more. Cool. Also, if you're a human and love good books, just read their books. Too. Yeah. <laughs> also, there's that. Also, if you're if you're listening to this podcast, you should probably make your way to Comic Con regardless. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't been. <laughs> um, okay, so 
as far as Dungeons and Dragons goes, I am probably I would I'm assuming here, but I, I think I am the kind of newest addition to the Dungeons and Dragons, both fandom and just love of the game. Uh, as far as tabletop goes, I haven't played many outside of just like general strategy games, you know, Stratego and chess and stuff, you know, your standard games. But when it comes to tabletop stuff, I hadn't really gotten into it until. You know, I started talking to people online that I was playing MMOs with or um, just friends that were like, you got to play D&D. And now I've, 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 I've jumped in four or five times and I'm ready to DM soon. I really, really want to. But my favorite part of it is that it's just active storytelling. I think uh, I, just as a writer and as somebody that really appreciates good storytelling, it's the one of the best instances of, of people coming together and just organically creating stories together. It's a, it's a collaborative storytelling uh, medium. And you don't like if people have intentionally tried to do that before, like let's get together. We're all going to write a story together. It's going to be great. Four or five people come together and try to write a story. It never works out right. Unless you've got one captain and, mm-hmm. and they're driving the ship, but it, it works out just so naturally with D and D because you have these, these parameters you have, set rules, you have classes, you have kind of campaign structure that the DM kind of leads you through, but, you know, you never know what's going to happen. I don't know, Seth, you can probably speak to it more than I could just being a DM, but yeah, it's, I've, I've had nothing but fun with it so far. I mean, yeah, it's that it's one of those games that, and that's why, like, I push everybody to play it, even people I talk to um, that, you know, aren't really quote-unquote nerdy people. I still try to push them into D&D because it's it's not just a nerdy thing. Not only is there an infinite number of sesh or uh like environments that you can play in or um play styles, there's an infinite number of stories to tell. And what's cool is you can tell any kind of story you want. It doesn't have to be like, you know, elves and hobbits and and things of that nature. It can be modern times interpersonal relationships people like in businesses it can be just a regular like narrative of any story and that's what i love about D is like it facilitates any kind of storytelling yeah i mean and i don't want sorry uh i think also i mean just just to speak to that is like you have so much liberty in creating the backstory even if you're not the dm yeah. you have you have the ability to to create an aspect of this world that wasn't there before and that's incredible and that's the that's part of the reason why it's so amazing is because like you are telling a story even if the dm's running the ship and and, you know setting out the parameters and the setting it you make decisions like you affect the story completely you have full agency over whoever you're playing and they affect the world it it's a really good way to not just understand, you know, storytelling and, and things of that nature, but also like to get a different perspective on your own life in the world. Like you, you see this, you get to play out many scenarios, right? So sometimes you might be like, Oh, you know, what, what happens if I, if I, you know, try to steal this thing from, from the bartender, whatever that can come back to haunt you or affect the world. And it gives you this perspective of like, Oh, you get this omniscient sort of view of my decisions affect the world and how, how would somebody interpret those exactly and that that like level of or that perspective specifically 
carries with you when you leave D and like in your normal world you kind of have this like oh my decisions affect the world even though there's billions of people and it may not seem like it, like it, it they do it's it's very it's a very interesting game i really like especially that as my voice cracks but <laughs> i really like that you know it's it's almost the basest form of everything that we love you know, we, we go to movies and we read books and we, we have all these experiences that we love. And what are all those, if not broken down into, you know, a fantastic story, you know, written by somebody or performed by these characters and books and stuff like that. And I, I love that, you know, whenever I play D and D it's like that, you know, we get to create the story, you know, like you guys were saying, you, know, you get to play it out and you get to do these things. You know, you, you think back to, you know, choose your own adventure books. Oh, those are super fun and, and crazy and cool. And so it's, it's so interesting and so fun to put that into medieval settings or you know futuristic settings or modern settings and to to get a chance to do that to affect a story like that you know like you guys were saying and it it makes the experience of D&D so incredibly fun that you know like you were saying you know you know pushing it on everyone i i feel like everyone should at least have the basis you know like play one game of it Mm-hmm. And get to have that experience. Exactly. Yeah, give it a shot. I Zombie just did an episode about it. Actually, yeah. really, uh-huh. um, yeah, it was great. Uh, and the, the, it, what you just described described is exactly what happens. Is the um, I, I guess if you're not familiar, I'll try to break it down in kind of generic terms. But the the uh, there's a medical examiner who is a zombie, eats the brains and uh, of one of the victims, and kind of takes on their. Uh, their memories and their kind of idiosyncrasies, and she eats the brains of a uh, dungeon master. And so her team, which is a you know one of her coworkers and the kind of police uh, chief or her partner in the kind of uh, who she's been consulting with, they all play D and D. And by the end, they all start off like, "I don't want to do this. Why am I here? We're doing it only so that she can get a vision." And by the end, it's like we're not leaving until we finish this campaign. And it's awesome, and I love that. It's my favorite part about it. It's really, really easy to get entirely wrapped up in a story. And D&D turns that knob up to 11. It's like if you read a novel or you're watching a TV show or something, you can get really pulled in really easily. That Our brains just like stories. But D&D, like partaking in the story, is it's on a whole, not- whole different level of experience of storytelling it's it is in a category all on its own and the closest thing that competes with that level of experience is video games and a lot of people really love video games so while speaking of video games i was just going to say like my thing for for dnd is that what I, what I love about it outside of just the fact that you're challenged to storytell immediately just on the spot is that you get an idea of other people's perspective of what what happens when you you're all given the same kind of boundaries you get you all get the same lines to color inside of right but how do you interpret that you know yeah. and and i and i was telling seth i was like we're playing destiny i really want to play a fighter in this upcoming campaign we haven't started yet but i really want to try like a planes touched warrior i don't really know how it pans out but i don't think i can do that because i don't know the backstory as a fighter maybe i think i need to uh, see what happens in the campaign and kind of develop my character as they go, which is a, I, I feel like probably a lot of people do that mm-hmm. just naturally because it's a more organic way to build your build your character. But I'm so interested in this like weird subclass and how do I, how do I do that? And so I was like, oh, there's like, you could do, 
you know, fabricate some backstory, what happened. You know, they they went to that, that plane and came back and now they they've got this like moral conviction and, you know, whatever. And instantly within t- 10 minutes, not even, he had like three subplots that I could have injected into starting up this character. I'm like that. i never would have thought of that. That's super cool. Now I have a new perspective and now, now I know how to play the game better even. Yeah. What's cool too is like, like you were saying, you know, we all get the same parameters to, to same lines to color inside of. And I really, really enjoy giving as a DM, um, anyways, I really enjoy giving my players as much agency over the story as possible. So, say, for example, I describe a scene, you know, like, oh, there's a grassy meadow down. It's kind of on a hill. There's trees kind of around you in this this clearing in a forest. So, there's trees all around you, blah, blah, blah. Give them this, you know, scene and have them make decisions or what have you and have them describe kind of say say they decide to you know venture into the forest i'll have them continue that sentence and describe what they see a little bit or what the forest is like to them or like what they experience what they hear what they smell like that kind of thing and it's really interesting when you do that with two or three players in a similar scene how individual each of their experiences is complete it's fake right it's completely fabricated but they all have this individual experience of the four lines of description I told them. And that's extremely interesting how everybody visualizes it themselves. It's very much like a novel where you get your, the reader's experiences, their own experience, but you then get to share that experience with everybody around you. It's great. So what is your guys' favorite campaign or character that you've ever played? I come into this pretty interesting because I, have always been fascinated with D&D. It's been one of those kind of in the back of your mind, like, oh yeah, I really need to try this at some point. And it has this very daunting kind of aura around it where it's like, oh geez, like, what do I do though? Like who, who's going to tell the story? What can I do? And all these things. And very recently, Seth actually has been one that has very much gotten me into it's just so thank you Seth um, <laughs> it, it's it's become this thing where it's just super cool and super fun to be a part of so I'm more of a much recent player and so you know I've done a couple like offshoot you know like one little things but then um, actually my wife and I are participating in kind of a long form campaign and it's been interesting because at the, the very beginning you know you kind of throw together a character and like, oh, I'd, I'd, I'd be interested in this and this and what? I can be half dragon? Yes. And then <laughs> it's, it's all these different things. And you, so you kind of almost throw together this character. But now we're about six or seven sessions in. And I absolutely love my character. Like to the point where I made choices at the beginning that I didn't quite understand. That I was just like, I, it would be interesting to go about this path. Like, I'm more of, like, a kind of run-and-gun fire and all this stuff. But my character is a paladin. He's very much nature-based. And so, you know, he has a lot of greens. And I I like the color green, but it's whatever, you know? I've bought so many, like, green-themed items now for when I play D&D. Just because it's like, (laughs) I love this character, and I'm so into it. And so, definitely, my, my, you know, dragonborn paladin that wants to think he's a bard is... (laughs) Is my all-time favorite, and it's a character that I feel like, you know, not not to get super cheesy, but I feel like it's a character that will be with me for forever. 
just because you know it's been so impactful and so yeah, cool. You, and you so never nice. forget your first, yeah. right? <laughs> and so yeah, just th- that that character in and of itself just so cool, and I just I love it. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I have, you? I have a very similar s- story, not necessarily story because I'm terrible at remembering things like that, but I have a very similar experience to Jeffrey is, um, and like way back when, so I actually started DMing because I was like you, Jeffrey, I was very interested in D and D for a long time, years and years and years, but couldn't really find anybody to play with. So eventually I was like, you know what? Like, I'll just, I can set this whole thing up. If I, learn you know the ins and outs of of dming then i can tell my friends and like i can get them all together it's finding the dm is generally the hard part so i just i went into to dming like straight off before i had ever played and it took me like two straight years of dming before i ever played DD, which was an interesting perspective for me coming in because i got to be a part of like you know two dozen players that like without sharing their experience which was it was very interesting but my first character was like i'll never forget it he he was dragonborn because everybody in this world was dragonborn at the time because that's the way to go because obviously that's the correct (laughs) (laughs) that is the correct answer yes um and started off in a very like interesting medieval type setting right but about halfway through our first session, we learned that we're actually in a simulation. So, what? yeah, yeah. It was good. like Truman Show type. type Very stuff. Truman Show, except it's not a medieval Lord of the Rings setting. Sure. It's, <laughs> it's like super futuristic. Like we were in a galaxy that was built specifically as like a TV show kind of thing for entertainment, essentially for this race. Like, uh, like um, uh, Red Shirts, John Scalzi. Yes, very much yeah. like Richards, but without the like fourth wall breaking thing. Got it. Uh, but when we realized that, we all kind of like broke out of our plane, which was the simulation, and into this future society where I was the only dragonborn, and I instantly became a celebrity because I was like entertainment, and now I'm real. Like it's crazy. So uh, I got to play this really interesting like dynamic where I was this i was a, i was a dragon but completely famous in this futuristic world that i didn't know anything about it was extremely interesting and i love that character if i ever get to play it again oh i'm gonna it's <laughs> <laughs> when i got my the first time i did, i played dnd is probably one of my favorite memories i, I obviously it's still have a lot of, of playing a dude and get under my belt and i'm i'm stoked but my my first uh character that i played was this uh ranger and because I had the ability to, um, you know, I, I like great wilderness kind of spot check modifier. Like those are my, my abilities. Like I was able yeah. to, um, kind of like interpret the environment. And because of that, I naturally became the kind of like leader of what we're going to do next because <laughs> nobody really knew what to do. Yeah. Um, we ended up playing this, the DM was, was fantastic and he had been playing for forever and, had uh, he, you know, incorporated music. He was a musician, so he cool. brought out his guitar at one point. And was playing. Cool. It was fantastic. Um, but none of us, and you know, we were like half of us are newbies. 
Um, the other half are just like seasoned vets, but you know, patient enough with the newcomers. And um, it was bizarre because instantly, two seconds into the first game I've ever played as a ranger, I'm like, "All right, guys, this is what we're gonna do. <laughs> we're gonna go to this bridge, straight to the gonna, top. Yeah, we're not gonna try to kill this guy. We're not gonna try to." We're not going to try to coerce him into letting us by. We're going to find out if there's a way around, right? We're going to look look at the environment here, and and everybody was just kind of like, yeah, okay, let's do it. You know, you're making the decision. <laughs> you're you're party leader awesome. as of right now, and and uh, eventually that that went away because I had no idea what the hell I was doing. But <laughs> but the sheer fact that I was like, you know what, I want to be decisive in this moment. I want to do something. I want to just play some D and D. Let's make it happen. And. And that was great. It was just like, uh, and, and from that moment, hooked. That's so cool. That's one of those things. Is like I, I have found most people that are apprehensive to start playing D anD D are only apprehensive to start playing D anD D. As soon as they start, they're in hundred yeah. percent. I've never run into someone that was like, oh, I don't know if it's a way for me, and then they play, and they're like, ah, oh, it uh, actually, yeah, I'm not going to play this again. I like, I know that there's people like that out there. It's fine, you know, it's no big deal, but. I think the biggest barrier to entry is the barrier to entry. Once you're in, it's you're hooked. Well, that brings up such an interesting point. And one of the things I wanted to make is it was so interesting that, you know, all three of us, it was like, yeah, that first character that we made stuck with us so much. And I think it's interesting because, you know, when you when you do first begin, you know, there's that barrier, barrier of entry. You know, that, that seems very intense. And I wanted to talk about, you know, each and every single one of us, that first time we played – was such a defining factor and it was one of those moments where you know you cross that that border into this amazing fantasy or sci-fi or anything type world and it makes such an impact on us and it's interesting because like you were saying you know there's that barrier that almost scares people yeah. and i think that there's kind of that stigma of D that kind of turns people off yeah to the point where it's like i i don't know if i want to try that but then it's so interesting because, you know, like all of us, you know, the minute we started, we were hooked. Yeah. And yeah. so it, it's just fascinating to see. I know, think that it's, is. that is a, that stigma is a holdover. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see that anymore. You see all kinds of celebrities, people from every walk play D&D now. Oh, yeah. But seriously. But 20 years ago, it, that's not at all how it was. I think the stigma has kind of changed. Uh, I, I know what you're saying. There's definitely that, that like, there is a holdover from, from a while back, but... uh the the people that I know now that don't want to play, it's more of a, you know, this has trappings of kind of occult references and yeah. things like that. So it's kind of like, and part of that is is um, religious preference, which I you know I fully understand. But to me, it's like you're 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 willingly going to into something that you know is fabricated, right? It's like there's no like I I recognize that this is make believe. But at yeah, the same time, you're not going in trying to cast spells thinking that like, right. It's not, a, you're not making incantations. It's just a, a storytelling medium mm-hmm. and what, and I'm, I'm just playing a game. And I, as long as you recognize that yourself, I don't think there's any, any kind of actual barrier there. It's just yeah. perceived. Wait, so, you guys aren't actually trying to cast spells? Well, you I know, mean, oh, sometimes awkward, <laughs> <laughs> but, but the stigma there is. I think the stigma is, is, is less present now because they, mm-hmm. there are plenty of people, like you said, there's celebrities that are playing D&D. I think there are plenty of people that recognize the merits of it just like I'm I'm given full creative liberty here um, mm-hmm. within, you know, within boundaries. I think there's been interesting like time periods where there's like specific 
media that comes out that you know chips off more of that armor against you know like oh don't play D D. it's it's the devil's work like type you know stigma that's been around it for so long you know i mean tolkien with his you know lord of the rings and the hobbits all these things it made fantasy like really interesting and really cool and i think the big one that hit for us was about and i'm gonna flub the dates and i i apologize but around 1994 to 1996 to the point where harry potter came out it started to be super cool and interesting like oh fantasy magic worlds then the lord of the rings movies came out and then people began to be like no these are actually really awesome and these fantasy worlds are so cool game of thrones comes out and now it's to the point where it's like no this is cool this is acceptable you know this Mm -hmm. is awesome to be able to thrust yourself in a world like you know growing up my my dad you know bless his heart always read lord of the rings to me and that instilled so much awesome like oh i love dragons and knights and and these medieval fantastic worlds and it's so cool to the thought of you know you love these things you can be thrown into them and you can make your own story so it's like why would anyone not want to play dungeons and dragons and i'm seeing a lot of parents these days are letting their children play not only because it cultivates an incredible amount of creativity but around the table like there's always bad apples but 99 percent of the time the people around the table are genuine and there to have a good time and like it's a good place to be you're not in a back alley doing drugs you're like sitting around mm-hmm. telling stories with a bunch of people it's, it's interactive a, it's a, yeah. yeah it's a good place for kids to be and i think now that you know nerd culture in general is kind of becoming more mainstream parents are more open to not shutting the door immediately oh it's the devil's work boom done deal never address it again but now they're like oh it's you know it's just a storytelling medium it's like it's it's a good place to be. Well, yeah, and I mean, you mentioned the early 90s, and you, I imagine even before that as well, just people became more comfortable kind of showing the complexity of their identity. Like, yeah, I yeah. am a little bit uh, more eccentric than you you might imagine. Like, um, the, the, there was that, and even there was even a, a, a Starburst commercial a while back, you know, like the Oddity commercial, your like Scotch Korean Starburst commercial. And I thought, I thought it's, this is the worst commercial ever, but at the same time, it has this kind of great theme where it's like people are more complex than you realize, you know? Yeah. Like I can, I can be a like varsity athlete in high school, but also really dig Dungeons and Dragons. Like that's look at, cool. Look and at Vin people, Diesel. Yeah, Vin Diesel, great example. Macho, macho actor and, and doing. What did he do with Critical Role? Like those guys, right? He he doesn't play with Critical Role. I think he, I'm sure he has. Well, he did like that that promo with them or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. He did like a little one off for a movie that he made. The what is it? The Last Witch Hunter. I think. I think so. Yeah. yeah. That that movie was based on one of his D and D characters. That like, he's this macho man, but loves D and D. Like people can't. Doesn't matter, you know, what their personality type is. They can find a home. And a really interesting story experience and a really fun time in D anD D, regardless of you know what you're expecting to get out of it. Yeah, and I know so many authors now, especially in the obviously in the fantasy and sci-fi genre, but specifically in the fantasy genre that that have their main characters that they they flesh out their character details by playing D anD D, or they they get the origin story, or they just like have this character they love so much they decide to write a story about them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I know like Kevin Hearn plays. D&D all the time. Scott Lynch got Locke Lamora from D&D. That's, that's insane. It's a really, really good way to tell a very compelling story because it's real. 
like it's not just you're not just telling a story you're like oh what does this character do you know when when thieves try to mug him in the street you don't just have to figure that out you literally play it like it happens and you have to deal with it and that creates real relatable and compelling stories when you yeah your character attributes are very much fleshed out when you have conflict that you don't fabricate yourself exactly so what happens when you know alex runs headfirst into this like screen door that sounds hilarious besides the million youtube views besides the million youtube views maybe uh maybe he learns to uh run a little faster next time and break through said screen door kind of like what you were saying like you know it it bulldozing into so much more you know there's so many amazing authors that have you know talked about that and there's so many amazing series as well that's like and I love hearing interviews because they're like, oh, you know, where did you get this amazing idea for this, you know, glorious thing? And they're like, oh, yeah, I was playing D&D with my group and these characters just kind of snowballed and they just became these people that I love. I mean, I take, I mean, not that anything would ever come of it, but I take extensive notes of our campaign just because it, it becomes so personal and just becomes so cool. And it's like, mm-hmm. I would love this story. I mean, even if it's like, oh, yeah, just make like a, a little you know type up like a little fun thing and draw you know some cartoons for it. it's like yeah you know just to have and you know just to remember this cool story and you know especially a lot of the things that we've been doing recently for the the campaign that i'm in you know you can definitely tell that there's always that first the you know the very first time that you play that it's like oh yeah we meet chief such and such and he says oh i have a caravan that needs to go out and mm-hmm. it's like it's always the same thing it's that's a, like from mm-hmm. the beginning of the starter pack it's a little more handholdy for sure yeah <laughs> but it do- that doesn't make it any less awesome yeah totally and it, it's cool because you know it's always that that first one and then after that it kind of stops being so handholdy and it starts being like okay what can i do to make it interesting and it's cool because you know the first one maybe two sessions will be that you know what's in the starter pack type thing but then after that it just becomes you and i think nothing even remotely better can can be an example than the adventure zone by the mcelroy brothers like seriously like oh my gosh the greatest probably the best podcast in my opinion arguably the best it is one of the best i think it's i think it's definitely one of the best dandy podcasts for sure i don't know if it's the best dd media experience i think it is personally mm-hmm. there are yeah, there are a couple i mean um you turn me on to uh mac Colville, yeah but um adventure zone is just fantastic adventure zone's amazing yeah. it's just cool to see because they they as well they start off with the same beginning mm-hmm. quest and then it takes the most intense turn and it becomes this amazing fantasy story and it's cool too because like you see griffin mccord for example started um with the uh the fifth edition like uh default comes with the kit adventure and quickly realized i was just listening to one of the the episodes um quickly realized that you know he wanted more out of this adventure so he started writing his own and realized that he really enjoys storytelling and is also really good at it so it brings out an aspect of him he didn't know anything about Mm -hmm. Well, I, th- I think that's also a, a really cool thing about just like homebrew stories mm-hmm. is that you have these these basic, you know, player's handbooks. You have kind of the rules of the game, but if you need to mix it up a little bit, so be it. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a standard I, story. You that, start off at this point, you have inciting incident, you have a catalyst, you have your first plot point. What happens when you 
get into this exactly. first conflict? How do you react? How do you respond? That is why D&D is so powerful and why everybody should play it because the framework it provides is so incredibly flexible that you can just do whatever you want out of it. You can play a space opera at the same time or with the same set of rules as a Lord of the Rings-esque like dragon adventure. Medieval type, yeah. Yeah. They can be based on the same set of framework rules, and that's what's amazing. I think the thing that's that's uh, challenging for people and where that stigma kind of comes from uh, for the people that still kind of cling to that is that it seems like a very heavy lift. And this is something that I kind of – I had been talking about ongoing campaigns or um, just what I had been uh, playing recently. And some friends of mine were like, you know, D&D sounds like a lot of fun. You obviously enjoy it. You got a big smile on your face right now. But for me, it seems like it's just too much information that I would need to gather. I would need to go and like read up on D&D and I would need to go read the player's handbook. And I'm just like, look, you don't need to know all that information. Like it's it's beneficial to know and you don't need quite as much hand-holding if you do know that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially if you're playing with, if you're playing with newer people, uh, like I did when I first started, you're all kind of learning it together. And yeah. as long as you have patient DMs and most of the people that I've met um, or played with, they're incredibly patient and they just, they're eager to have other people that want to enjoy this experience with them. Exactly. So, you know, for me, for instance, uh, I'm, I'm working on for the first time building a, a, a campaign that I want to DM eventually. Um, I cannot wait. Oh, it's going to be I so awesome. I cannot wait to play that. Um, I won't give any details out, but, but I, I know that I wouldn't have any issue kind of walking somebody through that's never played before. I would love that. I'd be like, cool, let me teach you about how it works first. Yeah. Let's take a little five minute aside. Um, not even. I mean, when I first started playing, it was like, okay, this is, you got the basics, right? But this is how it works with, you know, your modifiers and, and which dice you need to roll and so on and so forth. Yeah. And that, that's what I would say, like, is such, so cool about being a player is like, if it's your first time, you're kind of considering playing D and D or like your coworkers, like, Hey man, I've got a game. Do you want to, do you want to try it out? Like what's cool is you literally, you don't have to bring anything at all. As a first time player, the DM is, should have, dice that you can use should have you know pens papers your character sheet all that stuff based on whatever he or she is going to be dming so if they like if they're dming a game that doesn't have character sheets then obviously you don't need one but they should be able to provide you with what you need you just literally have to show up and that is i think like i think that just goes to show how well thought out the game is and how literally anybody should and can play. No, definitely. I mean, it, it is. It's just, it's an amazing game. And like, honestly, people, you know, whatever you have against it or whatever hangups you may have, you just have to forget those. And yeah. Literally just go for it. I mean, I, I can't, I can't tell you how many times and I, I make no qualms about hiding it whenever anyone's like, hey, what do you have going on this weekend at work? I'm like, yeah, my D&D group is getting together and we're going to play. And I would say nine out of ten times they're like, really? That's that's interesting. That's really cool. Like you, So you do that and it'll go on. And then probably half of the time somebody will say, I've always been very interested in that. I've never got into it. Do you know of any other groups? 
And it's so cool because, like, before, if you would say something like that, people would be like, mm, B&B yeah. group. Eh? What a nerd. <laughs> yeah. But now it's just so cool to see so many people that are like, yeah, I've, I've always been interested. Where can I get started? And I, and I do. It's, it's kind of an earnest plea of just, like, if you are interested, go for it. Yeah. Like, literally, just try There's it. so many avenues. Or you can even do what I did, and that's, like, struggle to find play, people to play with. Can't. So start DMing, and you say, hey – have you uh, have you ever played D and D? And they're like, no, but I've always kind of wanted to. You're like, perfect, because I need people to play. All you have to do is show up. I've got it. You can go straight into DMing. There's like, it's more work, but it's not like impossible to start that way. You don't have to start as a player and then transition to a DM. You can just make it happen if you want to. Coming up, the often overlooked Dungeons and Dragons sessions. We should do that. Uh, do you guys want to start an actual play podcast? Dot, because dot, dot. Why have we not done that already? Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, well, it was nice uh, three episodes into often overlooked, guys. Uh, we're canceling this podcast. <laughs> and changing our format. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so here's a here's a more tough question to answer. What is the like biggest hang-up that you found with D&D? Or like, the, the thing that has kind of bugged you the most about it? The biggest hang-up with D&D is not being able to find consistent players mm-hmm. which is okay you know being able to just get together one time as a one-off and then your schedules never line up again you know it's no big deal but being able to get together every other week or something with the same group and play a long campaign is amazing mm-hmm. and it's really really hard to get you know five or six people to have the same time off at the same time every other week or every week or whatever it's like it's really difficult to do that, and that is incredibly frustrating. Inherently, in your mind, were you were you looking at me about that, Seth? <laughs> not, I was pointedly not looking. Okay. <laughs> I promise we will play D anD D together. <laughs> Thankfully, we'll, we'll get a chance more. It'll happen. Um, Maybe in Alex's in, game. I, I might have to weasel my way into that. Huh? I know you're fully welcome. Sweet. Yeah, let's do that. So it's starting uh, next week, right? <laughs> I mean, I got most of it fleshed out. So oh, can... I mean, that's good enough, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, if we if we needed to, I could probably <laughs> make my way through the story. Yeah. But I'd, I'd rather have more of it figured out. And that's what's odd. It's like I've got – so I'm getting married in October. My best man is just like this uh, big personal trainer dude in Tennessee – and uh, he came out to, to visit for a little bit. He's going on a trip with his dad. And he's like, yeah, so what are you doing? I was like, oh, I was just working on this thing at work. I was writing um, in my downtime some campaign elements for this D&D thing. And he's like, oh, sweet, D&D. Yeah, let's talk. And then he helped me create story elements for, for like, what I'm going to do in this campaign. It was awesome. Because uh, I started cool. spitting. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. This is the, how the story works. And he's like, okay, but what if they did this? And that's that's exactly how D&D works. Yeah. I was like, we, we D&D seshed a campaign creation story, which was crazy. It was weird. I think that was one of the most fun things that I, I've ever done was when, like, Seth, when yeah, we would when hang out and we would literally just – talk about these things and like oh yeah. like what could happen here or there and that this thing it was so much fun the most to, fun i've ever had yeah. in anything um it's not even playing it's just like setting up a campaign because you're yeah. like oh you know i've got this really cool idea for this puzzle and jeffrey would be like well what happens if they you know hit this break and the whole thing collapses it's like well uh i don't know we'll do with it <laughs> yeah this is the minute little things yeah so fascinating and cool. yeah um 
Alex, to answer your question, though, sorry. I was going to say, yeah, let's yeah. get back to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What we're supposed to be talking we about. We have some kind of dichotomy uh, here. Like, we were, all, we were preaching, which, like, pouring our hearts out of going how awesome it. D&D is. And but. it's like, um, but no, to, to answer your question, I, the, one of the biggest hang-ups that I've found is, especially being a new player, and it, it literally, like, I've done maybe, at most, maybe eight sessions. So it's like, I'm still very new, and I'm, like, when I get into something, I, I want to dive deep into it. And I found with D&D especially, like, this is going to sound so stupid, but it's just like remembering all the little things where it's just like, okay, uh, so for this specific attack or this and this. And I think that might be some of the hangups that a lot of people have is just like, oh, isn't there like a lot of things you have to remember? Um, But once you get past that, and I mean, thankfully, you know, I know Seth is a fantastic DM. I've done a session with you once. Mm -hmm. Way back in the day. Yeah, it was super, super awesome. And then also the DM that, that we have right now. Um, super awesome guy named Todd. He does a fantastic job and he's very like relaxed and he's very like, yeah, if you have questions, like go for it. Cause most of us are still relatively new players. And so it, I think that's one of the best things you can have when you first start, you know, you may have that hang up of just like, I, I honestly don't know what I'm doing, but then, you know, you, you can get past that very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, if, if that's a hang up that you have, it's almost like, don't worry like it, yeah. it, it, it'll work out it'll be do, okay and to that end i do suggest trying to start with fifth edition yeah. fifth oh, edition Dungeons and the dragons is <laughs> designed to be more improvisational more flexible there's less rules to remember there's less dice rolling it's a lot more about the story and i think a lot of the stigma and hang-ups people had was with like 3.5 edition and fourth edition where it was like very rules heavy very dice rolling it was very complicated Fifth edition is not complicated, and I, I I definitely suggest if you're gonna start, try to start in fifth edition if you can. I mean, the Adventure Zone's a great example of that. I mean, exactly. you've got Justin knows what he's, you know, seems to know what he's doing from the start. Travis knows what he's doing. Clint is like, I'm gonna do the thing, <laughs> what? and and it works out. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's a great example because they're just like, yep. Uh, let me ex- let's take a break here from the story and let, let's explain what you need to know. Mm-hmm. Seth, you mean to say that you don't think people should throw themselves to the shark and go into like third or fourth edition? <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't not think that, but it's also going to be a challenge. It's, it's going to be intense. I've only ever done uh, fifth and then I think one time 3.5. So, and, it, and that's worked out for me so far. Yeah. E- even just going through and like looking at the books. I mean, yeah, the, like you were saying, Alex, like the only one I've ever done is fifth edition, which is awesome and cool. But like even going and like looking at the older books... It is intense, mm-hmm. and it like it, it does seem very fun and very like armor and you know attack and you know all these things heavy and it, it seems really cool. But then at the same time, it's like, oh, it, would I be able to do that? It, like, it, it's a lot, and that's why a lot of people compare D and D and Pathfinder because Pathfinder split off from three point five edition. Mm-hmm. They like separated there, and so Pathfinder is like a modified three point five edition of D&D and Pathfinder is still very rules heavy it's very combat oriented not whereas 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons is very story oriented yeah. so kind of depends on how you like to play but it generally i would say it's less daunting to get into 5th edition than it is any other edition definitely um just a, a quick question i don't know how much we want to do that, especially since it's a D&D theme but like other than D&D are there any other role-playing games? Like, if anyone else does want to okay. try some, are there any other that you would recommend? There are 
literally hundreds. <laughs> Not a joke. Oh, 100%. <laughs> there are hundreds of I thousands think, of them. I, I think if you limit that to the parameters of like tabletop, it's mm-hmm. a little bit more difficult. But if you talk strictly RPGs and you want that story element, then I would I would direct people toward video games. Yeah. Directly just... Yeah, if you're not looking for like a D&D alternative and you're just looking for that same kind of feeling, hit a video game because it's very similar. It's a lot less social than D&D is, mm-hmm. but... Um, you can get a really good RPG and get the same kind of story experience. Well, and if you find the right MMO, I mean, yeah. that's incredibly social. Exactly. I used to play an MMO, um, one of the first ones from uh, Korea called Nexus and uh, Kingdom of the Winds. And primarily people would log on to play social and then just whenever the big events came on, they would they would kind of contribute so they get that mark on their legend. But most of all, they would come on to interact with people from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And they'd all have kind of the same, you know, just like D&D, the same parameters. Mm-hmm. I know what my character can do. I, You know, there are four classes to choose from. There you go. Yeah, that, That's interesting, too, because, you know, that I'm, I'm sure there might be that small sliver fraction of people that, you know, do play video games, but maybe don't play this. And it's interesting because it's like, yeah, you know, you could find these different games and stuff. And that can almost be like an intro point. Like, yeah. hey, you really like this action-y RPG game. You know, if you yeah. delve a little deeper and then maybe, you know, get into D&D or something exactly. like that. So it's cool to see that, you know, there, there's entry points all over the place, like, honestly. Yeah, there's there's really no reason not to play D&D. I, I do have to say, the future, the present, and the past walked into a bar. Things got tense. Hashtag bad dad joke! Hashtag bad Dad joke, indeed. Things got you tense. know you all love it. Come on, <laughs> it's great. Awful, I, awfully you, awesome. You mispronounced awful. 